Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. I am John, my co-host is Andy, and we are talking about the premiere of Survivor Co-Wrong at long last. The most brutal season of Survivor ever, if you believe the promos. And after watching this episode, let me just say that hopefully this is the worst thing that will enter your ears this week. Hopefully. Oh, man. It's already the most brutal. Uh, shut it down. We saw some seriously gross stuff, like a guy taking a dump in the ocean. Yes. And we also saw a man's shoulders turn purple, which I didn't think was possible. Yeah, no, there was a lot of sunburns this week, and particular ones in the area that I would otherwise like to look at. Maybe we should cut that out. Uh, <laughs> but we're not here to talk about sunburns. We're here to talk about uh, a season that everybody's just been looking forward to. A lot of expectations about this season. Very few of them good. Uh, I think CBS has done their absolute best to set the expectation bar nice and low. But this first episode, at least was much better than we feared. I thought that was actually a pretty decent premiere. Uh, perfectly solid. No complaints at all. Like, I don't think it'll go down like we'll remember. Like, oh, wow, remember that episode? Because, like, nothing of nothing really mattered with what happened, which is pretty typical of first episodes. But what I did really enjoy is we got time with basically everyone, all 18 members of the cast. I think all three tribes, the, the time was split fairly evenly. Obviously, Braun gets a little bit more because they have an end story to finish off. Yeah, we have a good sense, I think, of what's going on, or at least what the you know edit wants us to think is going on. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I I, just, I found myself sitting back. It's like, yeah, this is Survivor, and they can do their thing. Yeah, the ninety minute premiere thing. We talk about this pretty much every time they do it. It's just it works because you actually can have time to let the story develop. It's not just rushing around showing you who everyone is, and then boom, there's a vote. Like you actually get a little experience of every different camp, so you have a taste of somewhat at least of who the people are yeah and it's important for the first episode because like you really want to see what it's like for these people to just kind of get hit by the you know experience of survivor um i don't feel like we got a lot of that last season because you know not new people yeah but i also felt like last season we really didn't get to know that many people in the opening episode um not to say it was a bad opening episode it was actually pretty exciting but this was a nice refreshing change this is this is why newbie seasons have their own appeals, because you want to get to know everybody, and I think the episode did that. I don't feel like it just leaned on you know, a, you know, a handful of characters the way Survivor often does. In last season, with returning players, they could hit the ground running. This season, all new cast, you got to you know, slowly build it so you have some, some sort of investment when someone's going home. Right, so speaking of a lack of investment when some people go home, uh, well, let's just jump <laughs> ahead to that part. Um Apparently, a bit of a internet darling, or at least on our site, uh, Darnell was shockingly sent home. And uh, in our preview podcast, we remarked on how he was a very popular pick amongst our listeners for our fantasy game. What was he like, forty percent? Yeah, right around that. So that today's been a busy day for you because you allow people to switch their picks. Yeah, if you happen to be in our fantasy league and you've forgotten this or weren't ever aware. Uh, you can switch your picks up until episode two airs. So you've got a little bit of time to get your picks into me and I'm changing a whole lot of them, as you can imagine. Yeah. And I mean, we will be proven wrong about most everything we said in the preview podcast. But the one thing we did say is, uh, why Darnell? Why is everybody so excited about this guy? Uh, so, uh, I, maybe that's a point for us, but, um, I think the bigger question for this episode was why Darnell? Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I said very clearly in that preview podcast, like, there's something about Alicia that bothers me. I really hope she's the first boot. I didn't think it would be possible because I didn't think Braun would actually lose the first challenge. However, they did, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get this prediction right. I'm nailing it. And then I was like, well, that's weird that they're using Darnell as the decoy, but whatever. That's that's fine. And then it was him. Yeah, it fully turned around. I was like, no, 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 no. And, uh, like, as I was watching, as it was aired, it's like, man, what a meathead decision. This is just a total meathead thing where it's like, ah, he screwed up in the challenge. He's got to go. Now, I mean, obviously, with some time to sit on it, I'm, there, there's more to it than that. But because they're the tribe they are, I almost think, like, let's not rule out that that's part of it, maybe. Right. That actually could be the decision making. We might be applying a little more logic to it than is necessary. And... Let's apply the standard logic to this. 
Darnell did have one of the three risk factors of the first boot. The three risk factors, of course, being wrinkles, vagina, and melanin. So he was always at risk. Right, but as one of our commenters has pointed out, that rarely is for, you know, uh, minorities that are male. You know, he becomes only the second black man to be the first boot, and the other one was in an all-black tribe. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't... if. If it truly was because he dropped a pair of goggles, then there's really not much to talk about other than that's really stupid. Uh, and I, I will say this, when you know, uh, Scott Pollard at Tribal Council was all like, I've been snorkeling for 15 years, everyone knows to cover your mask. It's like, no, not everybody knows that. You know that, I guess, because you've been doing this for 15 years, but this isn't like something you'd pick up in Chicago or like, in my life. Like, that, if you want a, a good example of privilege, that's one right there. Oh, doesn't everybody <laughs> know the rule of scuba diving? It's kind of like, uh, and it's funny because I, I um, compared uh, Darnell to um, Dreams in Fiji, and uh, yeah, this would be the last time I could do that comparison because he didn't come off Dreams-like. But in Fiji, they were all making fun of Dreams because he doesn't know how to work a French press. And it's like, yeah. Because different people have different life experiences, especially when you go up and down the socioeconomic ladder, Scott Pollard. And to be clear, he had been snorkeling, not scuba diving. Uh, That's what you used that mask for. Again, you're Canadian. You're going to get a pass on this, but I'm Floridian, so I do have to correct you. You know, we actually have three coasts in this country. I'm just going to say, so there's probably some, but I'm not. You guys have water that's not frozen? Well, one of the coasts has a lot of that frozen stuff. But yeah, Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if that was it. Um, my, my bigger question is, uh, is there a good reason to vote out Darnell? Yeah, I think the, there was some debate as to what the reason could be. And again, maybe we're applying more logic than they did here, but I think the potential fear that they might've had, they being, uh, Kyle, Scott, and Jennifer, uh, the fear they might've had was that Sydney and Darnell had gotten tight enough. And if you weren't a hundred percent on your, your little threesome there of uh, Jennifer, Kyle, and Scott, you thought maybe one of you might flip at some point, then maybe you want to break up that Sydney darnell pairing early because Alicia's just an island. Like, she is not a solid vote for anybody. Yeah, and that's certainly one thought. I mean, a simpler one that I probably is, you know, there's good truth to this is, you know, Darnell just wasn't fitting in. Uh, and that's a way that when somebody does something that's really pretty minor, annoying but minor, it's like, like, I don't know how many times that, like, uh, you know, failure to secure goggles will, like, cost them future challenges. Uh, but when somebody does something like that and they're just not part of your group, it's easy to single them out. It's easy to make that a big deal. Whereas if somebody that's in your group does it, you're just like, ah, sorry it happened, but no big deal. Which leads to a bit of a question that, you know, I don't know if anybody wants to discuss, but here we are. And we kind of mentioned it at the beginning. Is a reason he wasn't fit again because he's the only black man there? I don't know that that was it. He'd clearly at least bonded with Sydney. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're African American. That's correct. Right, exactly. But I think the only other justification I could come up with is that Alicia seemed like a more likely pawn. Darnell at least seemed to have some of his own ideas. I think Alicia was so transparent that even when she tried to act like she had her own ideas, they were like, oh, okay, that's adorable. But really, we can read you like a book. Yeah, I mean, look, there's two discussions I want to have them both. Um, the race thing, obviously, like, we're not going to come out here and say, yeah, they're racist. <laughs> people we've seen on TV once, like, that's not good. Uh, I would just remind people that things can be about race without them being racist. And that's kind of a thing that, and again, I don't know if this is a situation at all. I'm not going to imply that, but... That's what we talk about when we talk about why it's tough for minorities to do well in Survivor, because they are easily signaled out as an other. Not because he's black, but because he's not like me. He doesn't know to hold your, you know, snorkel goggles. He, he isn't um, an easy alliance partner. And in a tribe of six, it becomes a really big deal. So I'm not going to rule it out that that's just a factor that helped him, uh, failed to let Darnell integrate well. But to your point about maybe they're a little afraid of Darnell and Sydney, or Darnell they feel is a little weak but dangerous, and Alicia is none of those things, I think that came into it. But uh, like, I asked you if there was a good reason. I don't know if that's a good reason. Like, What do we always talk about people when they're like uh, first boot going goat hunting and worrying about targets? Yeah, and I think a big reason behind the vote is actually just, hey, it wasn't me. 
you know, they picked somebody. I don't know how much thought they put into it, but the answer was, it wasn't me. Right, but they had to put more thought into it because the answer wasn't, uh, Elisa who sucks. Like, that's all the thinking they probably needed to do, and they over, yeah, they came up with a different answer. I mean, that would have been my opinion full stop, and then that would have been the vote. Yeah, but just like, if, if we're gonna put like, uh, oh, they were worried about this, and they were worried about that, and then Alicia's can be, you know, their goat and all that. I think all of that would fall under the category of playing the post-merge game in the pre-merge phase. Like, just, this is simple. You're a tribe of six and one of you sucks. Get rid of that sucky person and move the f*** on. And, like, if you follow on Twitter, you know, uh, Jason Scott, Kyle, Jason, Kyle, Jason, Kyle, um, he, he's given about 15 different justifications about it, including, uh, uh, flushing the idol was one, and people have been, you know, oh, maybe it was an intentional, what's that? It's like, you, you don't need a 3-3 tie to flush an idol. And if you were worried about flushing an idol, then on the revote, you get rid of the useless person. So, I mean, time will tell how damaging this is, but I don't agree with the decision at all. She was worthless. I think, uh, Kyle's actual most realistic justification was because, when someone said, why'd you vote out Darnell? Because. Yeah, I like that one. That was a good one. But, and, you know, obviously, you know, if she goes home next week, then, you know, who cares? But right. if she doesn't, because they decide to overthink things again, or, you know, a very likely scenario, they don't go to tribal council. Now, she's there. You got to deal with her. And there'll be a swap coming. And I don't know how integrated... The woman who you cannot deign to call by a human name is going to feel unloyal to you. Whereas I don't think Darnell was a bridge burned until they decided to burn it. Hey, we should talk about the rest of this Braun tribe, by the way, yeah. other than just those two. Yeah. So, I mean, who did you, what did you think? Who did you like? I actually kind of enjoyed the, uh, the look into the Braun tribe. I'd already pegged Kyle as someone that I would enjoy watching. And so far I have, uh, there are, some worrying signs there that maybe he'll get a little uh, rougher around the edges later on than he already is. Right now, it's, you know, pleasantly caveman-like, I suppose. Pollard, same thing. Here, let's stop at uh, Kyle Jason. Um, sure. Because, for one, we were at some point going to have to nail down what this person is called. Uh, the the Chirons, I believe, and yeah, everything in the previews was calling him Kyle, which is, I think, his given first name. But it seems like on the show and on social media itself, he's going by Jason. So, sure. I don't know what to do with that. Uh, you know. Hey, uh, we should just give him a nickname like he chose to do with Blondie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he was interesting. Um, I do think, yeah, as we predicted, he will matter this season. But, um, yeah, I kind of think he's an asshole. Yeah, but that's okay. I no, mean, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with being entertained by the asshole as long as he doesn't cross a certain line. Oh yeah, no, like, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that he'll be bad at Survivor or that I will not, you know, root for his success. Uh, being a good person has never necessarily been all that important to me in my reality show contestants. Um, you know, there's lines and such. Uh, but yeah, just like the way he kept calling Alicia Blondie, which, uh, yeah, clear this up. I don't care at all about Alicia. She sucks. Um, but, yeah, and in, in, in confessionals, it's like, yeah, sure, well, Blondie. But then he's like, I'm going to name them by names. There's Darnell and there's Blondie. It's like, that's a dick move. Especially <laughs> since you're not voting her out. Yeah, he, he played that tribal council about as poorly as you could. Yeah, and then, yeah, just... That move in itself, even if he had said her name, does not bode well for his social skills. It's all cool and well. Be like, I'm, I'm that straight talker and all of that. But what you also set the signal to is you people are so far beneath me that I can just talk about you like this because I'm the king. And yeah, that arrogance is rarely rewarded. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not a good sign when you're gloating in your power because often in this game, your power will shift very quickly to someone else. Yeah, and that person you've disrespected, that worthless blondie, can be the reason why you got voted out. Shout out to Sad Lil! Uh, <laughs> the, the worthless ginger. Was she a ginger? Brunette. Whatever. She was angry as what she, right. was. And she was. And a Boy Scout. Uh, treated as though she did not matter by an arrogant fellow who uh, did not do well after that. Um, yeah, Pollard. 
Um, I, I like that he just right away said I played professional basketball. I, people were like, oh, wow, I'm so glad he owned up to that. He's like, what is he, 6'10", 6'11"? No, but you could, he could be like, oh, I, I played a bit in Europe and then blah, 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 or, oh, I get that all the time, but no, really, I'm just not very athletic. Yeah, yeah I'm a stalker at Walmart. Like, no, you are clearly an athlete because CBS casts athletes. Yeah. Oh, I'm not giving him tons of credit. Yeah. Um, And I thought, so far, so good with him. He was entertaining enough. I was actually kind of surprised. I thought that once they got to that part of the challenge where they were pushing the boat i thought braun was just going to destroy everybody else and catch up to the field and then surpass them yeah i guess basically they struggled with assembling so yeah but once yeah. it was the pushing you know they made up a lot of grounds there actually one scene uh you know we haven't really talked about her i think uh our feelings are probably pretty clear about alicia but i did love when uh yeah you know, even though they were totally patronizing her uh, when they were talking to her, like don't worry about anything don't you know it's just listen just trust us and stop you know conniving and then like beat uh, and then she's like uh, i didn't say i do have the idol i didn't say i, <laughs> I expected pollard to just like look at the camera and ruin the tag just like are, are you getting this are you, you believe this <laughs> gonna do the gym in the office move and just give a glance over to the camera because <laughs> yeah, it's like i literally just told you to not do something like that like, I thought that would be the moment, because right, you know, up until that point, the edit head seemed like it actually genuinely shifted Darnell, and then once he did that, it's like, oh, okay, that's what's gonna get rid of her, but. Someone should make the cut of that, like, from that scene straight to, uh, Jason yelling, that's why we're the Braun tribe! Well, what we need, and obviously nobody likes this segment, but if they were to somehow bring back the parade of losers, her, her, her footage has to be that scene, smash cut to, you know, Failing to take off the cap of the pen. Yep. Oh, my. They could almost give her a Lisi-esque highlight reel already. It's been one episode. Yeah, well, she's talking about how she's a mental giant and that, you know, people underestimate Malibu Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're not doing it, uh, the 0% club, just because uh, I think it draws us to a negative place that we're trying to avoid as long as possible this season. But, um, yeah, was, she's got no chance to win at all. Don't get that out of your mind, people. It's not even about her at this point. The show couldn't have made somebody look worse. Hey, speaking of negative place, though, let's talk about the last member of the Braun tribe that we haven't even talked about yet. And the negative place that a certain worm, bug, what was that thing? Ended up. <laughs> oh, cringeworthy. So bad. Oh, yeah. So what were you like when that was happening? Oh, it was just like... I was screaming at the TV, just call in medical. Like, I don't want to watch this happen. And uh, we should uh, give the behind-the-scenes info that we got, which was from a uh, listener of ours. Uh, he's at Icarus Arts on Twitter. He was at Jennifer's uh, watch party. And he said that she told the crowd medical actually did come out to her camp about an hour before the immunity challenge and then helped her get the bug out of her ear. So that's why it emerged. Well, it actually sounds like they came during the night, too, uh, from Darnell's interview. So, yeah, it came, and they flushed some water in it. So, yeah, Medical was doing that. They just left out that part of the story because, you know, she wasn't taken out of the game. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't yelling at my TV that because my wife was, and I figured that that uh, was enough to um, send through our TV back in You figured the TV the heard you by that point. Yeah, yeah. well, our, our house, our end of the house was covered, so... But I, okay. I agreed 100%. It's like, oh, we don't need this. This is something that you can come out for. You come out for a lot more things than people think you do. Um, do this. You could be laying eggs in there. Yeah, so gross. And also, another little tidbit from one of our commenters, Gouis has apparently had this happen to him twice in his life with cockroaches. He's got to sleep with a buff over his head. I if this happened to me, I would wear earmuffs for a solid decade afterwards. But he has a pro tip. If this does ever happen to you and a bug enters into your ear, he says you're supposed to lay on your side and flood your ear so the bug has a way to get out rather than burrowing deeper into your ear. So direct your thanks for that comment to at on Twitter. And when my wife wasn't yelling for medical to come, she was saying that Jennifer should have gone into the ocean to flush it out. So, you yes. know, points for her. Right, my wife was saying the same thing. And there we go, medical professionals. And besides being the victim of, you know, a con-like infestation, um, I'm uh, starting to get on Team Jenny. So I, I thought I, I think she's kind of cool and uh, also 
pretty attractive. She had a solid first episode, man. I mean, besides suffering some of the worst things we've ever seen in Survivor, solid. Well, so that's why I'm about to give her credit is because so she had to suffer through that. She very clearly got like no sleep because of it. And then she went out and performed like a champ at a challenge on no sleep and with a bug having crawled around in her ear for three days. And I also like how she had no tolerance for the, you know, the fools on her tribe, which ultimately could prove her undoing in a social game. But when Darnell comes up with the mask, she's like, where's the effing mask? And then when useless Alicia's there and they're doing a puzzle together, she's like, and just standing there like, Durr. she's like, get the freaking pieces. <laughs> now, one uh, knock against the brawn. You know, maybe when your, you know, tribe mate says, I'm not good at puzzles, you just believe them and don't put them on the puzzle. Yeah, exactly. Well, fortunately for them, Jennifer was actually pretty good at it. And really, I think this is a, like, constant problem for me is the contrast thing with the colors and the puzzles. This happens every season where it's clear that it's a lot easier to do one puzzle because of the colors that they use to make the puzzle than the other one. And... I think uh Jeff Pittman did this. He put up the picture of the brawn and the beauty puzzle side by side. It's so much easier to see the contrast than where the pieces might go in the beauty puzzles than the brawn puzzles. Hey, when they swapped out, I was thinking that uh, Pollard was a good uh option for them because he was tall enough just to look over at the brains one and say, hey, that's where the pieces go. But it didn't that look like that. Amazing. Yeah, it didn't look like that came into play, but I mean... Obviously more useful than Alicia, but I do like how uh, Bronze like s- solution to anytime Alicia says she's not good at anything. It's like just do good, just be good. <laughs> what if you just tried your best? Would that work? <laughs> Let's find out. Like I get, like I get it. If it was like you know stations where they had to like put somebody somewhere, then maybe it's like well you'll do the least amount of damage at the puzzle. But it's like. Any of you six people could have done that puzzle and still done the other things. You know, if she says she's dumb at puzzles, she's dumb at puzzles and move on. But, you know, maybe uh, the other four were as well. Hey, let's throw the final nail in the Alicia coffin, by the way. I loved at Tribal Council when she said that one of her strengths is knowing when to give up. I am and strong. Then, then Jason says, well, that's why you don't give up. And she's like, yeah, I never give up. <laughs> Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, you, know, you had a big rant on her. My my opinion of going in was, uh, I can't believe you care about her. Um, I I almost pity her at this point. Like it was such a, a collection of fail, and she is such a a mismatch to where she's put. Um, I almost feel bad for her, but I still think almost. they should have voted her out. Yep. Uh, they still may. Yes. I uh, yes. This might not be the last time we talk about her in this podcast. Uh, all right, duty tribe. Um. Yeah, we got to meet all of them, but most of them don't matter because we just want to talk about Ty. Exactly, because Ty, as we predicted in our preseason preview, is pure and utter joy. He, I think within five seconds of being on my screen, I was like, yes, Ty is amazing. His From his first confessional, I was sold. And I love that he is a gardener who cares so much about trees and his first instinct is to just tear them out of the ground to look for an idol. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, when you're a gardener, you can really see it, but those trees didn't look too dead to me. Yeah, I see. I thought he was like, oh, those trees look suspicious. I thought he's like, oh, you know, he's he's clearly picked up on that's what they do. They look for something distinct. I I would not have thought, oh, rip them out of the ground because that's where the idol would be. (laughs) I was thinking more he was going to look around them or in them. Yeah, so, yeah, I, you know, get also, because I am a human with, you know, two eyes, two ears, and a heart, uh, also uh, really like Ty. Um, however, I will say that if he had gone home tonight, while I would have been massively disappointed, I wouldn't have hated the people who voted him out the way I thought I would have. Because um, there was just cause. I, yeah, I guess, but I still would have hated them. Well, of course. You're an incredibly biased person. <laughs> I am. And petty. Don't forget Petty. Yes. Uh, but, you know, like, he screwed up the whole idol hunt. Like, just, just, like, he had no plan other than doing that. Like, there was no backup for an excuse for why he was there. I mean, he should have been like, look, I got us more wood. I just ripped some trees out of the ground. Oh, that, that was what my excuse would have been. Like, oh, hey, guys, I found us some wood. Yeah, sure, it's not dead wood, but whatever. Here, trees, take it. Hey, uh, speaking of the pulling out of the, the trees out of the ground, we should give a shout out to Sharky Lee's who had probably the best joke on our post this week. So good. Uh, he said that 
it would be awesome if we later find out that the trees that he pulled out of the ground were the bane of Stephen Fishback's existence, the tree that he tried to chop in episode one of Cambodia. Uh, fantastic. Are they on the the the, the Bayon Breach? Can... I don't really recall which one they're yeah. on. Yeah, uh, we did. We didn't mention though that uh, the Bron tribe ended up on Angkor. Yep, so, um, that, you know, watch out for that. I will say that that could be a bit of the evening of the playing field, but it also explains why they were hauling around a bunch of rocks while other people were <laughs> cutting down pomperons. Uh, right. so, if you're, if you're thinking that, you know, if you want evidence for why the brawn might be going downhill, uh, add that to your pile. But yeah, I just, you know, I don't, have a problem, obviously, with people going to find idols, because I'm not playing against them or anything like that. That, and, you know, you gotta take your shots, and if it works, great, and sometimes you'll get busted. But he really didn't, uh, he wasn't very slick, I'll say. Yeah, I think the biggest faux pas there was that it was clearly six of them walking in one direction, and then he kind of slinks off out the back. Like, uh, maybe do that, you know, when you're a little more scattered, and yeah. it's not all of you in one group, and then you ducking out is super obvious, you know. Maybe do it while everybody's off doing their own thing. Yeah, and if you have to do it when the entire rest of your tribe is going to do something, which again is also just a bad idea because maybe don't let everybody else uh, leave you alone for a bit. <laughs> again, yeah, as you say, if like two people are over here, two are over there, yeah, that's yeah, great alone time. Yeah, you know, everybody will assume people are kind of going off and doing their own thing. But um, maybe wait until they're at least like five steps away from you. I right, just just a thought. Like, like, you gotta do it the Tony way. You gotta kind of wait for your moment, and then when you have a, then you run like hell. Uh, it was pretty funny when he was busted, and he was just like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking over here. Give me a few more minutes." Yeah, well, at that point, you may as well own it, right? Um, any thoughts on the other players on the Beauty Tribe? Oh, well, well, quickly though, um, is he is he doomed? Is this the end of Ty? Uh, I don't think necessarily, because you know now he's got another fresh set of three days so there's there's more time for opinions to change yeah there's plenty of time for somebody else to do something to put it there because you know ultimately yeah of course he's looking for an idol he's playing survivor whatever and if you get into alliance with him that is not a big deal you know just don't vote him out and really you can say like you know hey sorry guys i was looking for an idol because i'm a 50 year old guy and none of you were over 30 so felt a little on the outs yeah so i think you know in that moment they were like yeah sure tie but moments change i'm not yeah you know, he's in trouble for the reasons why he would have been in trouble anyway but i don't think he's in any more extra trouble other than maybe he gave you know four people that aren't him uh, an opportunity to bond and that could be a problem uh anybody else on the tribe that i want to discuss i mean honestly not really um <laughs> I, I would say, uh, we thought that the three women would work together, and that seems to be the case. Yeah, I actually thought that it was going to be Anna and Michelle that would be a pretty tight bond. I didn't know if Julia would be quite as close with them, but yeah, they pretty quickly picked her up. So they look like a solid trio there, and really, all they need to do is pick one guy, and it looks like they've already come to that conclusion. So I think it's, at this point pretty flexible as to who that one guy will be. Well, I think it's those three, yeah. I, in fact, it yeah. looked like it was Julia and Anna, or Anna, I guess it's Anna, uh, that were really, you know, the twosome, and they're like, yeah, do you think you can? we can trust Michelle? But yeah, I think it's those three, and look, I'm not going to say that I'm really omniscient. Uh, they've been posting pictures of them hanging out for a long time now on, on Twitter. That's how I thought they were friends. Obviously, there's plenty of other explanations, like maybe all three of them are of fact. But um, can't rule it out, folks. Uh, but yeah, I think that's what's going to happen there. And then right now, it looks like Caleb is number four. Um, now that you've had some time with uh, do you have any thoughts about him? Let's not use that nickname. I'm it's a hashtag on the show. I'm going to bleep that out. Um, he was a lot more. I remember watching his preview videos and saying, why did we bother with this guy? What's remotely interesting about him? Okay, now I get it. He's much more aggressively terrible than he seemed in his videos. And here's the thing. I don't think he was that aggressively terrible either, but it's there. Yep. <laughs> he's like, hey, why did they put this guy in the beauty tribe? Although, you know, to be fair, uh, I've heard other people say that. <laughs> yeah, that may or may not be involved with this podcast. Looking at you, a certain live blog writer. Yeah, I mean, not us, because we were all like, inner beauty, huh? But yes. Um, so yeah, I think, um, we got a taste of what we're gonna get, and hopefully it's not too much. Um, 
you pegged Nick for incredibly arrogant, so you got to feel good about that score, huh? I mean, that you could see that from a mile away. Again, that's, that's kind of like giving me points for catching the obvious, though. Yeah, well, I I think that's like what he wants to be, right? Like, that's, yeah, you know, and that was and that was my problem with him in the videos is that it just yes, he's arrogant, but it's also an act, <laughs> which is bizarre. Like, why aren't you not just actually naturally cocky and arrogant? Why are you putting on the act? Yeah, and I think he's dialing it up once he learned that he was on a tribe called Beauty. Because I think, yeah, he's a fan of the show, and now he knows, like, oh, this is what's going to do. And if I, you know, play the part that they want for me, they're going to give me more time. Uh Yeah, I will want to clarify, I don't deny that he might be, like, an arrogant jerk. I just don't know if that's a problem. Yeah, so we'll see. I will say, like, uh before Ty got busted, I think he was the odd man out, and it could happen again. That that Nick was the odd man out of. It's definitely in flux. Like, it, it, I think it's going to be more. What have you done for me lately? Right before they get to tribal council, and that will be their fourth. Yeah, and also they actually seem to do pretty well. Like, they're not that weak in many areas. I mean, they just finished second, so it's not like they were dominant or anything. But I think they could win challenges, or at least stay in top two of challenges. I'm not sure that we need to worry that they're going to tribal council right away. Yeah. And speaking of not going to tribal council right away, the Brains tribe was actually successful. Easily so. And they weren't even all that wacky. Well. Well, with a, some uh, an obvious exception. It is weird to have a Brains tribe that's, like, semi-competent. I, I don't know how to react to this, although we said in the preview that, you know, it, it wasn't the same vibe as the Kagayan Brains tribe, which was so clearly a dumpster fire. Yeah, like that was six individuals who did not play well with each other, all on one tribe. Um, this doesn't seem to be that. I'm not sure there's anybody that really fits that description. Um, honestly, kind of, and it's kind of the beauty tribe. You know, obviously the women are attractive and all that. The brawn tribe doesn't seem that beefy. I kind of think that they maybe just work too hard on these divisions. Like, 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 oh, we got 18 people, because we know they cast the people first. And they were like, hey, Brains versus Braun versus Beauty was awesome, let's do that. And then they were like, uh, because it just doesn't, like, this isn't what I want out of a Brains tribe, even though they're very smart people there. Oh, you just, you want the disaster out of the Brains tribe? Are you one of those Rupert-type fans? Not necessarily a disaster, I, but I, you know, I want some nerd arrogance and stuff. And, like, these people were, like, you know, oddly functional. Yeah, I mean, they exceeded expectations as far as being functional. That's that's certainly the case. And it was just boring. It was like, hey, we four people are less old than those two, so there it is. Let's not think about it anymore. Yeah, hey, on uh on Rob's podcast, Stephen Fishback revealed that uh he met Liz and helped her get on Survivor. He actually explained the story of how he met her. He met her through OKCupid, okay and I think they maybe briefly dated. And then he passed her along to Survivor. So, in the interest of full disclosure, I have a little confession, too. I met Neil on J-Date, and I introduced him to casting. It was a little weird, because neither of us are Jewish or gay. But, you know, it turned out, he got on the show, I'm really happy for him, and I hope he does really well. About time your insidious Neil agenda was revealed. You've been playing <laughs> coy, you've been gaslighting me, and I don't, I, I didn't believe it for a second. That's why I wasn't so high on him on the preview. It was just a little, uh, you know, ex-jealousy. Yeah, clearly. Uh, so I mean, I've said they aren't all that wacky and all of that. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Debbie. Yeah. Um, she was pretty much exactly what I thought she was. And again, she's not coach. She's not the female coach because you can't know that you are coach. She is a weirdo. I will give her that. Uh, and actually a commenter sent us a story that <laughs> indicated that, uh, Debbie was actually indicted for falsifying some water safety tests. So really looking forward to when she talks about her job as a water safety manager. Yeah, and that'll be the new Chiron and then Lunch Lady or whatever else. Like, I will say, like, yeah, I mean, your point about Coach, well put, but same time, there's, there's, there's Coachian elements to her and that, uh, her, you know, definite desire and willingness to say she knows how to do everything and has done everything with very little evidence of success on the show. That is a very good point. Yeah, the, uh, 
tutoring Neil on how to make the fire, <laughs> even as Joe stands right there and is like, are, are you sure that that's what you need to do? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this. <laughs> Puzzles laid down for me. Was she even on the puzzle? No, she was not. It was Liz and Yeah, Aubrey. it was Aubrey. And, yeah, so. Aubrey, the challenge beast, by the way. I just wanted to point that out. Sure, let's talk about Aubrey. She had that, like, issue with dealing with the heat and getting potentially maybe heat stroke, heat, heat exhaustion. Who knows what the hell it was. But anyway, I was like, uh-oh, Andy's prediction is going to come true. I'm never going to hear the end of this. How, how much are you, were you are you sweating at that moment? Because, you know, forget about the fact that you like Aubrey. What you would hate more is for me to have been right about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm much more concerned with having to deal with a gloating Andy than my disappointment over Aubrey going home, so... <laughs> And like full circle truth, when Nick looked to be on the outs, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Aubrey gets the challenge though, and beasts it, gets all four paddles for the brains tribe, and then kills it on the puzzle. I was like, wow, I did not see that coming. I really thought that she would be that, you know, Sandra Diaz level of challenge beast. And it turns out she's actually semi competent. It, it, semi-competent to actually good, which was yeah. totally unexpected. Yeah, like maybe fully competent, at least, you know, that night. And, you know, it was a little redemptive arc, you know. She was the one person that really wasn't profiled at all in the kind of the getting to know you phase. Uh, when they are building the alliance, she was just the fourth without really having any agency in it. You know, it was like us four because we're not super old, but, you know, we never heard her thought. Nobody would actually really mention, like, oh, Aubrey will be a great member. It's just like, hey, three isn't enough and six, because one of them is a math genius. Um, but then, yeah, so when we finally see her, it's her, you know, failing. Yeah, human failing. I'm not, you know, this isn't a critique on her. And sometimes the heat gets you. Um, but then we get, you know, Liz saying that maybe we just need to get rid of her. And then, bam, she kills it. Uh, so, yeah, a, a redemptive arc all in about uh, 15 minutes. Good on her. Uh, hopefully that, that arc continues and doesn't just immediately spiral back down in the next episode. Now I will say she's got a cushion. Uh, I don't know. And that cushion's name is Debbie. Uh, yes. like, when, when I thought that she was, uh, Aubrey would be the first boot, it was that I thought she would be, you know, the, the weak one picked on. And that's, you know, no, she did well. She was, you know, the most instrumental part of their success, even. And that she would annoy people, and I don't think she'll annoy anybody as much as Debbie. In fact, you know, uh, one thing that could work in her favor is the grueling uh, conditions out there might rob her of any of those, you know, you know, twee things she was planning on doing. <laughs> you got no energy for, like, you know, coconut phones when you can't barely walk. Yeah, she's going to be too sapped to uh, do any of those sorts of things. The one thing that I was a little bit concerned about was they initially said, like, oh, well, it's clearly going to be Joe first because he's the old. And I was like, no, not Joe. He's adorable. But then at a certain point, I think it became pretty clear, like, okay, but it's it's really the Debbie, though, guys, right? Okay, good. This is going the right way now. Yeah, like, none of them could stand to talk to her. Right. Even worse than maybe Alicia. I'm not sure, though. Every time Alicia spoke up, it was like, you kidding me yeah with her all like oh maybe it's water I don't know. how was she not the first boot i don't know like that's the whole point all of your logistics are like oh, this is our plan all that. i don't care you had a sucky person on your tribe you just get rid of them you could work with darnell i don't think he was that you know powerful and it, yeah anyway, anyway. that's kind of this two people i think we're talking about on the brains tribe so far everybody else will get to know them a bit more yeah, I mean, Neil, Liz, Peter all did pretty well, and I think they've got the right idea. As, as simple as it is, you know what? It makes the most sense. Just take that four. You're fine. Go with it. Well, how about this? So the brains didn't overthink it, and the brawn did! Yes, exactly. The brains actually did the logical thing, which never happened in Luzon. Yep. And it seems to be working out well for them so far, but we'll see once they actually get to a tribal council. Yeah, and I'm not sure it worked out for, like, the white collars either. It's like, yeah, maybe let's so slide on that dumb lie. Uh, who knows? Anyway, um, so that's kind of just the initial impressions. But overall, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to get to know these people more. I'm, I am not excited about how the entire promotional arm just seems to be most brutal season ever. Because that sounds crappy. Um, so, we decided to have a little fun with it. Let's, because I don't want to get too down about a season. 
both we and our audience don't like when we get so disappointed in a season that it just sucks the joy out of it. So we're going to try to stay positive about this as long as we can and have some fun with the fact that CBS is so convinced this is going to be a terribly brutal, awful season to watch with all the conditions, not <laughs> that it's going to be terrible to watch entertainment-wise. Yeah, and we got some of that this week, you know, the two of the major narratives is, you know, Aubrey nearly passing out from heat stroke and, you know, ear infestations. Yeah, so we're going to do a possibly weekly thing? I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think um, we're going to test it out here and see how it goes. But we're going to each propose a potential evacuation scenario for the next next episode or the the next, whatever, evacuation. And then uh, our listeners can decide who has the better proposal. Yeah, and like, to be clear, when when the evacuations happen this season, they might actually be like really scary, like human moments. And we don't mean to make light of those things. So we're not trying to come up with plausible scenarios uh, because that would be a little ghoulish. You know, uh, we, we decided to get a little more creative. Now, that said, I suppose it's possible. Probably not the ones I have in mind, but maybe we'll actually nail something because who knows? Before Panama, we might have been like, hey, dude's going to get evac because he couldn't poop. So it, it, like, it could, ha- yeah. So maybe something we're proposing could come true. Um, but we'll just see. So, uh, did you want to start, John? Sure. My scenario is, I, I think you're, you're familiar with Chekhov's gun theory. Yes. Yes. Well, of course, in this first episode, we saw Kyle, Jason, Jason, Kyle, Sarge, Jason, bounty hunter carrying around a massive rock. That rock is Chekhov's rock. It has not yet injured anybody to the point that they need to be evacuated, but it's clearly there so that it can. And who do you think the victim will be? I'm going to go with Alicia. <laughs> it it would kind of come full circle a bit with uh, the, the the his open disdain for Blondie. Yes. I, I mean, I, I don't know how it actually ends up taking Alicia out. Maybe she trips over it. Maybe it's dropped onto her. Maybe it rolls over her in the middle of the night. Who knows? All right, that's your prediction. You know what? That That is a little plausible. Um, I also based my prediction on something that happened this week. And, you know, wh- when this goes well, that's what we're going to do. But um, several years ago, um, M. Night Shyamalan and Marky Mark made this movie called The Happening. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Probably not because, you know... Cinematic storytelling is not a thing that you're into, apparently. That's right. Yep. Um, I mean, I never saw the movie because, you know. Well, I mean, with a, with a pitch like Marky Mark and M. Night Shyamalan, how could you not? Exactly. And like, you know, judging by the box office, uh, very few other people did either, but a lot of people were talking about it when it happened because of, uh, what it was about. So, um, the happening was what mysteriously people just started like committing suicide. It was like in the air. Nobody knew what it was. And uh, apparently what it was, was the trees. The trees were, I guess, upset at mankind for the degradation of the environment because of like, um, you know, all cutting down the trees or something like their evil Lorax or something. So they sent out pheromones that made people crazy. Um, and, and then they killed themselves. So I, that's what I, I think could happen is that the trees are, are, are angry at Ty for just wait, his. Wait, no. How is it not that Ty talks to the trees and is their, their agent on earth to help them pick victims? No, he betrayed them. He's like ripping them out all willy nilly and they will get their revenge. So they release their pheromones and make Ty crazy. Now, you know. I'm not going to suggest that they make Ty kill himself or anything like that. That that wouldn't be cool. But I think, you know, that they 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 they, they use the powers and maybe because he is so, you know, close to the trees, maybe that's why he's a little more susceptible. And then he he just does something to himself like maybe he, he a machete to the foot or something. Not, you know, he'll still be able to walk, but they have to take him out so they can perform surgery. So that is my prediction that Ty is a victim of the happening. First of all, how did you miss the idea that the tree could itself injure him by dropping a coconut on him or something? That's not how the happening works. I, I hear. Oh. I don't know. I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Probably no one. All right. So I have a feeling that my theory is going to win the listener approval this week because it doesn't involve Ty going home. <laughs> that, that is that that was a flaw in my, my strategy. But uh, I, I don't know. I just have a feeling about this one. 
we can't rule out the happening. I think if any of us want to win this, just every week we come up with scenarios where, like, Caleb goes home, and I think everybody's going to vote for that scenario. Well, I will say that, you know, he's another potential victim. I mean, he was just hacking at a tree willy-nilly like he didn't care. He taunted it, even. I mean, seriously, if you changed your theory to Caleb instead of Ty, I think you're going to win in a landslide. No. I guess I want to leave some mystery. No spoilers. Stick to your guns. All right. So, yeah, uh, I will uh, put the poll up along with the uh, weekly um, predictions poll, and you guys could vote there. Hey, speaking of weekly predictions. Yeah, I think, uh, by the way, for this season's predictions, I want to do a, a winner pick every week because I want to track how the winner predictions go from week to week and see at what point in the season everybody has gotten to a majority opinion of a certain person winning, and if that opinion actually turns out to be right. I think it was last week. I think at some point Jeremy was, I think, at the three-quarter mark, and then then on, Jeremy was the pick. So, yeah. I mean, not mine. He was at the three-quarter mark, but I made sure to undo it to keep my perfect uh, winless season going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I'm, I'm hoping that it's not like Worlds Apart, where that majority probably would have been hit in, oh, I don't know, episode six, seven. I'd say um, the right after the the first uh, the Jen plays her idol. I think then. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we'll do that. But uh, right now, let's predict who will be the next uh, person eliminated from the game. You know, barring you know a happening or you know rock crushing or anything like that. Sure. Uh, and we're not going to bother trying to predict what tribe will go home because honestly, I don't know. Like, I don't think anything in this episode told us. Oh yeah, that tribe is definitely going to keep losing, or that tribe is doomed. I mean. Braun lost by, like, a second, if you can believe the edit, which we shouldn't. But it wasn't a long time. It was uh, at least close, yeah. Yeah, it was close. And I don't know if they're a disaster. Every tribe that loses always looks better or looks worse than the teams that win. Because uh, right. we aren't really brought into the high-level bickering of winning teams too often. Um, yeah. So if the Braun tribe does go home again, who's going home? I, there's clearly an easy pick here, so I'm gonna say that uh, Braun overthinks it and Sydney goes home. I had the same prediction. Oh. oh. Well, we're both on board. The Braun is gonna overthink this and not do the right thing. Train though. Yeah, like that's the only reason why I had it. It was like, yeah, of course it's Alicia. It should be Alicia, but it already should have been Alicia. So yes, for the exact same reasons as you, I have Sydney. Right. When they clearly won't accept the logical conclusion. Yeah, like they'll spend like like two days saying, oh, of course it's her. Of course it's her. And then they'll come around for a reason, like, oh, Sydney didn't seem too happy. She did vote with, uh, against, uh, with Darnell that one time, even though she didn't it the next time. No, it's gonna be something worse, like, oh, Sydney overcooked the rice. Or, yeah, or she screws up some minor thing in the challenge. Uh, meanwhile, Lisa screws up all the challenge. <laughs> Alicia screws up life. <laughs> Alright, uh, so if the brain stripe loses, who do you got? Uh, from the brains, the easy, Debbie. Yeah, since I decided to move off of Elisa, I'll, I'll stick with the easy pick and go with Debbie, too. Yeah, I mean, it, until we're shown otherwise, I'll just assume the brains tribe is going to perform logically, which is probably a bad assumption. Yeah, I'll say the only uh, potential red flag for Aubrey, uh, and this isn't my thought, it was Rob's, uh, it's just that, what if she just feels like she likes the older people better because they were nice to her when she... Yeah, you know, they were the ones that took care of her when she got sick. And then, you know, takes one of their spot in the boot order as a result. But I don't think that will happen. I think she's okay. And finally, the beauty tribe. Uh, probably wishful thinking on my part. But I really... I think this could honestly go just about anyway. And we're not really going to know. I don't think that those three women that are in control really care... <laughs> Who it is, as long as it's not one of them, and they'll take whoever wants to come along with them. And if you're thinking of challenge strength, does it matter that much if you've got Nick or Ty or Caleb? I mean, theoretically, you could say Ty is the least useful, but I don't know that that's necessarily true, depending on the challenge. So I'll flip a coin and say it's Caleb. Yeah, see, I picked Caleb in the preseason thing, uh... My worry is that he just, he wasn't annoying people in those three days. Like, that's what I needed to happen. People just not like him, so, like, right away. And just like, yeah, let's just get rid of this guy. He didn't even help us win. Uh, I think, like, he could get there at any time, obviously, but I think he's almost, like, built up too much goodwill now to be sent home right away. Um, so, I'll say it's Ty, but I don't think they're losing, so I'm not worried. 
All right, so let's move on to some plugs. You can find all of our stuff at purplerockpodcast.com. We've got a fantasy league. We've got a live blog every single week. I'm going to have a new column coming soon that'll be going up weekly throughout this season. Uh, we will have a month-long special thing coming in March that we haven't yet announced. Um, so just check the website. There's usually stuff almost every day during the week. Uh, Emma generally writes us a weekly column based on something related to the episode. Just check it out. Uh, join our commenters. So we've shouted a couple of them out in this episode because they're a really, really good entertaining group. Yeah. Um, if you also like entertainment, but you wish that we just limited it to 140 characters, you can follow us on Twitter at purple rock pod is the show. At Purple Rock Andy is the Canadian, and uh, at Purple Rock John is the American. Yeah, and if you really want to follow our contributors, it's at Purple Rock Emma, at Purple Rock Mark, and don't bother with at Purple Rock Matt. <laughs> he's now decided that he's not going to be any good because of the way we do this. Uh, we <laughs> make fun of him every time. He will not be reverse pressured into participating. Um, you can email the show at purplerockpodcast at wordpress.com. Did I screw that up again? Yes, you I started doing the season. It so intentionally that time. <laughs> Honestly, it wasn't. Uh, purplerockpodcast at gmail.com would be an email address. Uh, yes. send us your, uh, longer thoughts. Um, Follow us on Tumblr when Emma remembers to post things, purplerockpodcast.tumblr.com. And you can help us out if you're interested. Yeah, if you actually plan on shopping at Amazon, there's a link to Amazon from our site. Or you can do purplerockpodcast.com slash Amazon. Buy your stuff there. They send us a very small chunk of money. And it's useful because it actually does cost money to run this podcast. Yeah, we're not looking to make profit because otherwise we would be better at it than we are. Uh, but it'd be cool if it costs us a little less and it costs you nothing to help us out. So if you can, great. Uh, that's all we got for this week. Anything other than theme music? Nothing. That's what it's like when a woman wants a baby.